Exit 52 podcast, the only Baltimore podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood. And we started off with that. The Exit 52 podcast now presented the title sponsor, Jimmy Seafood. We've had John Minidakis on this show twice. They were the natural partner for us, a Baltimore iconic establishment partnering with what's going to be an iconic Baltimore podcast. So proud to have them in the X52 family officially um, and can't wait to see how that partnership grows um, and appreciate all the support they've given us throughout. Really happy to have Jimmy's on board as we come on the show real quick with RDT Barstool Banks and our guy, Marty Suma, who will join us to, to discuss his New York giants in the preview, but let's talk about Jimmy's boys. Awesome to have them involved with the pod. Yeah. Um, like you said, John is the, I believe only two time. Um, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Recurring guest that uh, that we've had on. Um, again, You're forgetting the word guest already. <laughs> well, reoccurring again. We've had uh, we've all had a couple adult sodas. Um, no, but it's 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 been a tough year for everyone, obviously, and I know that's been hit, pounded into the ground a bunch this, these last couple of weeks. But the you know the restaurant business again now is getting hit more than ever, um, and so. Johnny coming to us being like, Hey, let's get this. You know, we want to do the sponsorship. Um, it's pretty awesome. And, and it just, it happened to fall in the same week that they just held their toys or tots event. So we didn't know really how it was going to go. Obviously we talked about it last week. It's normally a huge party. Um, I believe I got blackout with Marlon Humphrey and Jimmy Smith there last year. It's, it's just <laughs> an awesome time. Like it's, it's really a great event. And obviously this year they couldn't hold it indoors at the restaurant like they normally would have and we didn't really know how it was going to go and they ended up they just tweeted this out earlier uh wednesday night they still collected over five thousand dollars for i think it's the leukemia association leukemia and lymphoma association and they collected over seven thousand toys for toys for toys for tots um they did a virtual concert they had roman reigns which i know taylor marty you guys are big fans of in the wrestling game maybe not big big fans of i don't know he's a heel Um, Cal Ripken was there, um, Pat Sajak and, and, and then our buddy Rick Ritter. So, um, it it was a pretty cool event that went on. And like, like Taylor had said, we, we kind of went into this podcast thinking like Jimmy's is going to be a sponsor at some point. They're going to, we're going to do stuff with them just because of how John is, um, and, and the, the type of business he runs. We, um, we obviously love him. The crab cake egg rolls, I think I love more than John and, and the restaurant. So yeah, <laughs> if you haven't gone out there and tried it, I'm picking up my um, I, if if you participate in the Toys for Tots, you got a, a box with like a bunch of crab cakes and some soups and, and crab dip and stuff like that. So I'm picking mine up tomorrow. But um, yeah, it's an awesome partnership. I'm super excited to see. I think we have some stuff in store for listeners of the month and some stuff with guests. But yeah, we, we can probably get to that later on. But just, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty excited to have them on board. Yeah. How can you not be fired up about Jimmy seafood and exit 52 podcast? I mean, uh, Johnny's been mixing it up with all kinds of people, especially Barstool sports for a while now. They're, they're known for, for being people who push the boundaries. They don't really get pushed around. They, you know, force the issue with the vegans and, you know, just even the nature that they have, that they're, they're going to stand their ground and fight what they're passionate about. It's, I feel like that's what we should be about as exit 52 podcast. We're kind of people here as a podcast that are, are looking to kind of force the issue and, and bring kind of a, um, I don't know, a, a new age kind of energy to the whole podcast game, the radio game, whatever you want to call it, the content game. 
um, just a natural partnership for sure. And, you know, we, we know what Jimmy's is about. They do so many good things for Baltimore and they exude that Baltimore energy. They do so many good things for the community. And, uh, you know, Eric has said it a bunch of times and he's been absolutely correct. Like, you know, you try to model yourself after that kind of thing. You try to, um, you know, pay it back for people who have supported you in the past. And they like to say, it's nice to be nice. And, and, and that's exactly what we're trying to do with our be there for be more campaign type of thing. And uh, yeah, we've said it maybe eight times now. It's just the natural partnership. It just had to happen. Yeah. It's absolutely awesome to have them, have them on board. And, and as Eric said, we're going to have, some giveaways and things that we do with them um, at some point we'll announce those details when we kind of have it all finalized, but some cool things coming for the listeners, potentially some cool things coming with guests. Um, and then obviously we're going to do our best to promote the heck out of Jimmy's because they've certainly done um, it for us even when they weren't a sponsor of the show. So to have them on board is, is very, very cool. I'm going to go around the, the group here. What is your guys favorite thing to eat at Jimmy's Marty? I will start with you. I am a a big cream of crab guy and and jimmy's is the number one cream of crab soup i've had and when i go i get a couple quarts so uh, i'm always stocked up at all times <laughs> thanks who are, we, who are we going to next yeah, oh yeah it's me oh yeah no i'll take it. i'm going i'm going around uh, counterclockwise I, on my soup. i got mine all, all ready to go and uh the crabby chicken is just next level i know that they developed it pretty much when Popeye's came out with their chicken sandwich and, and Chick-fil-A was, that became kind of the hot debate of the time. It was, it was Popeye's chicken sandwich versus Chick-fil-A and people were, you know, slinging mud at each other on the internet and doing their whole thing with that. And uh, Jimmy's came flying in with their crappy chicken sandwich. And I, I, I got to admit, I didn't jump in and I didn't try it until months after that they really threw themselves into that debate. And let me tell you, this is the best chicken sandwich I've ever had in my life. Like I'm not even, like I'm not even blowing smoke. I'm not saying that because they're our new sponsor. It was a life-changing chicken sandwich. It's that good. It's just a chicken sandwich with crab dip on it. It's pretty much what you could ever dream of as a Baltimore, you know, just a Baltimorean. And like, it's so good. Like you got to have it. I'm personally, and I'm going to be perfectly like, just, just complete transparency here. I'm not a big seafood guy, believe it or not. I'm not a huge seafood guy. Crabby chicken is, is where you kind of meet in the middle. Uh, I've always loved crab dip. Uh, crab dip's delicious. You get the cream cheese. You get, you know, the crab's not super overbearing, but you get the old bay all mixed in and, 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 and you get the, the chicken sandwich there. And it's, it's so good. It's so freaking good. Um, so I cannot recommend the, the crabby chicken highly enough. I mean, you guys have both been pretty spot on. Uh, Marty, I used to go in and order like a bowl of cream of crab before I got um, like a burger or something and I wouldn't touch the burger because the yeah. soup is just so filling. Um, and then, yeah, Banks, I mean, the crabby chicken, like you said, I'm not, I'm not a huge seafood guy either, but I, I will get it every time. Um, the, 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 the crabby chicken, it's just so good. I don't, I don't do lettuce, tomato though. I just go crab dip chicken bread. I don't That's, know that it comes with that stuff. Originally. I, th I think on the, I don't know. I thought it did. Maybe, maybe in I always just request at the, at the food truck. It doesn't. Like there I don't go, have man. to ask, ask for any modifications. I just want the crab dip and the chicken sandwich. And it, it, it hits the spot every single time. And it, the fries are delicious too. They mm -hmm. got those boardwalk style fries. Um, sometimes you get, I'm a, I'm a vinegar guy. When they give you the vinegar, you dip the fries in the mall vinegar and you get that going. It's delicious. It, it's, it's all good stuff. Um, my go-to, I mean, I've been such a, I was going to go fried crab, fi, fried crab, mac and cheese, 
balls, which are very good. They almost look like meatballs. I thought they were the first time I saw them, um, but they're just – they're amazing. But I'm, I'm going to go crab cake egg rolls. I have to. Um, they're just so good. <laughs> they come with like a spicy mayo, and then it's almost like a – not soy sauce, but it's like an Asian sauce to go with it, like the egg roll theme. They're just – they're the best thing I've ever had. Um, and, again, I'll probably get some during the neighborhood – tomorrow on christmas eve i'll probably get some tomorrow before uh before i start wrapping presents and, and trying to put together some of these damn toys that i bought <laughs> I was gonna say, say, you gotta okay. be living under a social media rock if you haven't heard of the the crab the crab cake egg roll mm-hmm. yeah those were also good mine those are those are very very good and that's great fuel for a, a night of you wrapping presents for your kid rdt that's apparently that's exactly. we we, <laughs> we bought a kit we bought a kitchen set i hope jojo's not listening to this we bought a kitchen set <laughs> <laughs> and one of our friends has it, and she said it took her her husband like two and a half hours to put it together. Say so kitchen gotta, set, I, gonna huh? be a long night. For yeah, I gotta, hold I on. Like, what I are we talking about here? A kitchen set? Like a yeah, like a toy kitchen. Like you like you put it in the on your wall. It's like a on your wall. Well, it's like a it's. I, I get the concept. Like I'm set. trying to picture it though. Like, where do you hang it? Like, you hang? No, it's not hanging. It's not hanging. This is a standalone thing. You can go like, over there and build it. Uh, yeah, you want to? Yeah, you can come over tomorrow. <laughs> I'm just happy to, to know that there's, there's another person out there that procrastinates wrapping presents till Christmas Eve. Oh, I haven't wrapped. Oh, no, dude. I'll be wrapping all mine tomorrow as well. I, I'm going to. I know my old, my old man listens to this and I'm going to fess on myself here. I have a lot of shopping to do tomorrow, let alone wrapping. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, enjoy your gift card. Like uh, full transparency, like my old man is the only person that I have. I've I've taken care of and my brother-in-law um, because I mean, like. I got the stuff for my old man. I know what he's into. Like it says, that's an easy get, but um, the rest of the family, it's a challenge. You gotta, you gotta be creative. You gotta come up with things, but uh, if you want to give, uh, <laughs> give some gifts in the holiday season, uh, you go to Jimmy's cause they ship everywhere. You can be anywhere in the, the, the grand old Anything. United States and you can get merchandise. You can get food. There's all kinds of stuff on this website. As RDT said, they've got food trucks popping around in the different places you can get food and obviously still doing carry out. <laughs> At the main locations, so Jimmy's, sure check- Jimmy's is getting their money's worth right now. Make Let sure to check out you. Jimmy's. Make sure to check out Jimmy's <laughs> um, as we we open the show. With that we got to give give the, the the big plug on the first time, and then and then we'll keep going. So Exit Fifty Two Podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood, which has guest Justin Tucker on the show this week. What a week for the pod! A sponsor. The, certainly the biggest guest we've had on this show. All respect to all the people we've had on before. The All-Pro, the future Hall of Famer, Justin Tucker, later in the show. We will get to him, but before we get to him, we got to preview Ravens Giants, which is, Marty, why we have you on this show, other than the fact that we like you and love having talking to you anyway. But you are a lifelong Giants fan. You have a weird assortment of fandoms. Your Giants, Red Sox, Celtics, which is always, since I met you, has always been bizarre to me. But you, you met, you're passionate for all of them. So I will give you the first go here. What can we expect from your Giants against the Ravens on Sunday? The Giants have had an up and down year with it looked like it was going to be terrible. Then, oh, we're leading the division. And then it's kind of crashed back down to earth. Yeah, I mean, starting the season um, with your only two wins being against the Washington football team, who is currently uh, at the top of the NFC least. Um it was, it was an interesting start. And then you kind of, you kind of get that burst of energy. Um, you see yourself on the, on the top and uh, it does come crashing down. But um, if you were to tell me at the beginning of this season that the giants were going to have uh, 
a double digit percent chance of beating the Ravens um, Christmas weekend, I would have said, praise, praise Jesus. Um, did not see that happening. Giants are, they're a scrappy team this year. Uh, and ironically enough, we are two and two against birds going into this game. So the, the <laughs> Ravens are, are our rubber in terms of bird. Wow. Um, Who do you have yeah, week 17? Is it not a bird? What'd you say? Sorry, week 17, you don't have a bird? No, uh, we have the the Dallas Cowboys, the America's team. Jeez. Um, that that two and out. two saver metric is why we why we have you on the podcast, though. That's why that's why you're the legend that you are, Marty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, coming off two double digit uh, losses though is not um, the the momentum I want to carry into to Baltimore week. But I I also have never had a, a bigger turn um, in terms of being a Giants fan in the city of Baltimore. So we went from probably being Baltimore's favorite team outside the Ravens last week against the Browns to the most despised team this week going into uh, M&T Bank. But um, yeah, we'll see how this goes. It shouldn't be, it should be interesting. As you said, a chance, an 11 point spread um, is the one I see on ESPN right now, depending on what your book is over on 45 banks, your thoughts on this one, as Marty said, very scrappy, Giants team, good defensively. Joe Judge does some wild things on special teams that, like we saw on Sunday <laughs> night. Uh, it could be interesting. I think the Giants will pull out all the stops here. There's really nothing to lose for them in this game at all. You're, you're touching on all the reasons why the, the Giants are the Giants. I mean, you talk about training camp, uh, Joe Judge running like – those types of weird drills where you, you, you wipe up the football, you, you make a wet and you do slippery, like uh, scramble drills, trying to pick up fumbles, like little things like that. Joe judge is just a football guy, football guy through and through where he just does those weird things that, that uh, kind of gets your football team. It, it, it helps to elevate a team to perform probably over the talent level that they have. Uh, you can agree with me or not. And this is from the outside looking in, it, the I, I don't know that the the roster that the Giants have is 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 necessarily even a 500 team per se, but I think that the job that Joe Judge has done to kind of mot- motivate these guys and make it fun for them, and obviously the fact that the NFC East has been, um, we could call it competitive to put it nicely, uh, just because <laughs> of the level at which they're at. Um, it, it, it helps to keep the players a little bit more engaged throughout the year. And so exactly right. As, as you two have said so far, they, it, it lends to a scrappy team that knows that they're fighting for their playoff lives and, and the stakes for the giants are as high as they've been as all, all season. And um, they're, the Ravens are going to face a team that, that wants it pretty bad. Um, the Ravens have lofty goals to win the Super Bowl. That's, that's what their goal was coming into the season. And right now they're fighting to get into the playoffs. So they've got a long way to go. But when it comes to the Giants, I think their goal, their their lofty goal was to win the division. And that's well within their grasp if they can do something like beat the Ravens. So they're going to be highly motivated coming in on Sunday. RDT, what are your, your thoughts on this one? I can't believe no one's brought it up. I mean, this is a battle of two special teams coaches, you know, started out as special <laughs> teams guys and now they're head coaches. Um, John Harbaugh was always a, always a head coach at heart. 
Yeah, but he was he was up in Philly. That was an ends to a means, man. That was just him. Special teams coordinators. That was him fast tracking it. He was a head coach all all along, baby. And now, but I mean, I don't remember the the the. I don't think we had Harbaugh having his guys run laps. Although, did you guys see the video that came out? I guess from the NFL or the Ravens this week about the ball security from Harbaugh mic'd up on the sidelines. It was the like Harbaugh a minute video. I go ahead. It was going to say it was like a minute and a half of him, like Dobbins coming over after his touchdown and him just saying, you know, ball security, we got it, ball security, ball security. And it was, again, a minute and a half of him saying, I mean, they were up, again, 35 points, and he's going, hey, guys, hold on to the ball, hold on to the ball. And then there's a clip of Harbaugh just standing there by himself watching the game, and the ball boy is next to him holding the ball like this. And Harbaugh looks at him, like looks at how he's holding the ball and lifts it high and tight and just like pats the guy on the back. And that's it. <laughs> Didn't say anything. And just went back to watching the game. The I don't ball- know why I missed that. That's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. we'll, we'll have to tweet it or something. We'll get the intern to tweet it from the That's account. the old Tiki Barber. Literally, he just kept saying, like, Dobbins, high and tight, JK, <laughs> high and tight, high and tight. And he looks at this guy. Like, he was disgusted at how this ball boy was holding the ball on the sidelines and just kind of high and tight like that. Was he um, was he kind of an erratic looking ball boy? Like, when the no, ball boys are like interesting looking characters, it's like uh, he's just some kid. kid. What if um, it's like like red lightning or white lightning? Or no, 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 was? no. It wasn't like future Larry Fitzgerald or red lightning or anything like that. Do you guys know Larry Fitzgerald was a ball boy for the Vikings? It's not known. Did he? It's he had a known. connection to football before he started playing, huh? It's crazy, but yeah, it's not well known. Know um, oh, okay. I'll look that up. But but like you said, I mean, I think if we would have told Marty or or you know any of the Giants fans fifteen weeks ago, hey, you guys are going to come into Christmas weekend with a chance to, you know, have, have a shot at the division versus Baltimore. Um, you would have had us drug tested. Um, again, I mean, both teams are, like you said, they're both, they're both still trying to reach the goals that they have. Um, it's, it's the Ravens with their back to the wall, like they are the kind of like, Hey, you got to win out. You, you basically have to depend on others. It's not a fun team to play because that's normally when they turn it on. And especially with, I, I mean, I think Daniel Jones stinks. And especially with hit, with how his his injuries have been the last couple of weeks. Sorry, Mark. Um, I just and again they they they're very scrappy. The defense is good, um, and it's crazy how they. I mean they they played pretty well without their their guy. You know they don't have they haven't had Saquon since what week two. Um, they just don't have a lot of offensive weapons, but it seems I there's something they that they're doing that's getting it done and. But but they're not like like I think they've got some skilled players, man. I think Slayton and Ingram are you, and, and is Wink Martindale uh, like the, the issue. The issue for them is they don't have a guy right now that can get the ball in the hands of their skill position. That, that's probably that's another, the, the most certain, important thing. At a certain, at a I don't certain think point, Daniel Jones stinks. Point, by the way, I, I mean, we, I don't I think, think he stinks think either, he stinks and I think he's year. a more effective option than Colt McCoy, who you kind of saw the writing on the wall with a Colt McCoy like. Once you get behind with Colt McCoy, the game's kind of over. I think Daniel Jones at least provides some more variety to what you're trying to do and can get the ball down the field. Sneaky athletic. I think if the Ravens – I think we if have the, a I mean, status on them? Very, very basic. If, if uh, Jones is a limited participant today, he was – Yeah, and, and I mean, Joe Judge gave him a huge vote of confidence today. He said he's our quarterback moving forward, not just – not just this weekend, but for the foreseeable future. I think in my mind, that's a pretty subtle way to say that he's going to go this weekend. That's, that's my prediction. And I think that the confidence that the team has behind Daniel Jones is the difference maker. I think the confidence that 
his offense has changes things where RDT might be, might be right. He's not the most athletic dude in the building, but um, at one point he was leading the team in rushing. So uh, yeah, he's kind of athletic the, the guy's scrappy. He, 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 he sees the field. He can use his legs. Um, Saquon going out early in the season, I think has really opened the door for, for Wayne Gallman to kind of, to show his stuff. Yeah. The, I don't think, Wayne had the confidence that he does now um, the past couple years. And I think this year's really turned it around for him and some, some weird veterans coming around. I, I know Freeman, Freeman gave it a shot. Um, wasn't the answer, but um, having Alfred Morris behind Gallman has, has kind of given some lift there, but I, I think the giants uh, run game is not, uh, not something that, that the Ravens should take lightly I, I'm with that dude I and and, and to kind of like jump a little bit off the whole Daniel Jones conversation I think for for I don't think he stinks like RDT trashed him a bit there and I you know I'm I'm not saying that he's all world or even like middle of the road like I, I'm he's still finding his way but I think he's basically Mitch Trubisky I think that's who he is that's, uh, spoiler alert I think he stinks. Well, that's <laughs> you can think that all you want. There's there's a time and place for for a Mitch and uh, a Mitch Trubisky and a Daniel Jones, and it's on a talented team. I mean, for example, if you put Mitch Trubisky, either of those two guys, on say the 2008 Ravens, the where Joe Flacco came in and was just a game manager the entire year, and uh, you know, I mean, it's exactly what he did. He just managed a game and he, he he just learned the ropes a little bit and played rookie football as a quarterback. Um, but if you put a Mitch Trubisky or Daniel Jones on there, you bring a little bit of that, that mobile element to a team like that. Like there, there's a fit there. Like if he finds himself, if either Daniel Jones or Mitchell Trubisky find themselves on one of those teams and you saw it two years ago with Mitchell Trubisky, when Chicago bears had like a top three defense in the league, they were legitimate contenders and they were like double, you know, double doink away from having a real shot at the thing. So I wouldn't be so quick to dismiss Daniel Jones in the right situation to be a good quarterback in this league. What that means for the giants moving forward. And this is where I'm talking out of my ass. I mean, I don't know what kind of roster construction and the GM there under my understanding has made some questionable choices over the last half decade or so, but um, I don't know. There's, there's, there could be something there that involves Daniel Jones. I don't know. I think the issue for them as we look towards Sunday, is Daniel Jones, if he's on the field, uh, likes to be loose with the football. He had 18 fumbles last year. He has 10 <laughs> this year. He has nine picks. And with the Ravens' defense, that looks like it's rounding into form a little bit. I think they've gonna, they're going to have the ability to feast on him. I certainly think Daniel Jones, not to make this a Daniel Jones podcast, I think he has talent. I think the issue for them now um, is he's got to get that under control. And I think the Ravens are really going to exploit that. I do agree. I think that Giants running game even looked decent early on Sunday night. But once they get down, they just – Colt McCoy can't bring you back in a game. I think Daniel Jones had a little bit more of an ability. And this sounds super basic. I think if the Ravens drive down the field the first drive and take a 7 nothing lead, I think the game is pretty much over um, unless the Giants show me more than they did when they got down the other night giving up a first drive touchdown against a good team. Um, so that to me is the biggest issue for them is they don't feel like they have the ability to come from behind and a hobble Daniel Jones at this point, 
And as you said, the skill position guys are terrible. I do agree with Marty. I think Wayne Gallman has, has, has done a good job for himself and will have a job in the league for a couple more years just based off this year. And I think Darius Slayton and Stern Shepard, some of those guys are pretty good. Evan Ingram is a pro bowler for some reason. Um, I, I was going to say but, congrats to Ingram on his, uh, his yeah. pro bowl nod. That means absolutely nothing. And I know mm. he's a guy that frustrates Giants fans, mm. but they, they, they have some guys around there. I just don't think they have the roster construction unless they play lights out defensively to give the Ravens a ton of trouble this week. Yeah, I, I think that the Giants defense, I think it's, it's a good point to bring up. And I think obviously both these teams have had very notable defensive runs this, this season. But I think the Giants are are somewhat struggling in, in this secondary. Um, the pass rush is going to be everything. I think the mobile quarterback in Lamar is going to be some trouble. Um and he's going to he's going to cause issues for for the Giants defense. It's it's a quarterback that we haven't really seen before. Um but yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how how um Graham kind of structures a plan for for the Ravens. Is Bradbury out again this week? Is he still I was he reinstated from the COVID list? I he's not on the questionable list from what I'm seeing, so I think he is back. Um, okay. I yeah, I just hadn't heard it. I didn't know if it was like a he's going to be back. We're going to reinstate him Sunday morning or Saturday, or whatever. Yeah, I think that I think the Giants' entire depth chart is a question mark. I don't think Joe Judge wants to give too much away. Um, That's the Belichick. Going back, going back to to Joe, I think he, I think he got a little excited by the spotlight of of prime time last week and wanted to show some trick plays and. <laughs> and get people talking and, and it backfired on them. And I don't see that happening again this weekend. So I think it's interesting also to look at this giants team in one more way, the performance against, I can't decide if their performance against the Seahawks three weeks ago is just a total outlier of just a random game that they gutted out against a very good team with a very good offense or and, and that's just not what they are, or if they have another performance like that in them. And I think that's really the question. Can they keep the Ravens within striking distance to then figure it out in the second half like they did in Seattle a couple weeks ago? Because that was, I mean, their defense played so well containing um, Russell Wilson in that game. And do they have another performance like that? I mean, that's what they're going to need to win um, a game like this in Baltimore this week. Prediction yeah, I was going to say, I, I think – I think the Giants are, are going to have to use that Seattle game as essentially a, a blueprint for yeah. how, to, how to go about this week. It's, it's essentially the same game. Um, very successful teams, uh, typically in a non-COVID year, a very hard road game uh, in terms of, of stadium to play in. I think the Giants are probably benefiting from the fact that the 12th man was not active in Seattle. Um, and the bank is not going to be rocking in Baltimore. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to have to be a defensive, a defensive showdown, uh, in order for the giants to win, because like, like Banks said, they're just not enough offensive weapons to, to kill the Ravens in this one. RDT, I'll go to you first prediction for this one. As we said, 11 points on the spread. 30 to 17 Ravens. Banks. Did you say 32? 
30-17. Okay, sorry. I thought you were giving me like I could do uh that would that would probably be a score gummy, wouldn't it? 30 I mean you're you're doing like a Chris Berman score there. Yeah, like it's, a swami yeah. a swami no. says weirdo kind of score there where yeah. you're just trying to like hedge the uh the over under with the uh anyways. Um no. I think we're looking at 3420. Um yeah, I, Ravens I think the Ravens are, are rounding into form here. They're a little banged up. Uh, the secondary is very banged up, but we'll see how Marcus Peters gets ready to play. I don't know. I'm hoping he plays, but if he isn't ready to play, I hope he don't force it because, you know, we sat some guys out against Jacksonville, and obviously the New York Giants are better than Jacksonville, but um, we got to take care of business. But, uh, you know, we can get this job done, in my opinion, without some of some of our best guys out there and, um, it's about the ultimate goal. You know, we want to win this game. We got to get in the tournament to, to accomplish that. But it, um, if somebody like Marcus Peters can't be hundred percent come playoff time, then, um, you know, what's, what, what is it worth? So I don't know. That's kind of a, a little side take for you, but, uh, yeah, deep. a little deep, you know, a little existential, but, uh, yeah, Tucker no, I used think, that word too, didn't he? Dude, JT got real meta. He got deep. I, he got deep. We'll get there. We'll I get, planted, we'll get Marty, sorry, Marty. sorry. We'll get there. We'll get there. Buddy, I, I planted those Marty. seeds, man. <laughs> I I see this game, and, and as a Giants fan, I, I'm trying to be as optimistic as possible, but I see this game being as tight as it can be through the first half, but I see the Ravens offense just not not letting down through, through the third quarter. So I'm going to say the Giants – are probably going to have the majority of scoring coming off Gano's foot. Um, so I'm going to go with a, whew, I'm going to say a 27 to 16 score. I am going to, I don't think this is going to be all that competitive, to be honest. I think the Ravens are going to win this game pretty convincingly. I think they win 28 to six. Um, I don't think that, the, I think that the Giants offense um, based on what I saw last week, once they get down, I think it's going to be pretty predictable. Uh, I agree with Marty. I don't think Joe Judge is going to go deep in the special teams playbook to wow everyone at one o'clock on Fox as opposed to eight o'clock on NBC. I agree with that. I think he tried to get a little bit showy, uh, but I think the Ravens are going to be dialed in in this game, um, and I think they're going to. I think they're going to dominate the G-men to much of the chagrin of Marty um, and the rest of the passionate fan base in New York. Uh, but the Ravens, as I think all four of us have said, cannot take this Giants team lightly. Both teams are playing. Both these teams are playing playoff games this week, so yeah. uh, this should be a very intense hey. and, and a highly competitive game. But I think the Ravens are just too much for the for the Giants. Let the record show this is a playoff game, according to Taylor Smythe. So uh, and and Lamar Jackson. So and not well, Joe Judge. No, Joe no, Judge. No, no. You know where I'm going like, with that. No, I was going to say Joe Judge is not celebrating Christmas to look at more Ravens tape. I don't know if everyone. Oh, no, no. We got to talk about that. That's an awesome quote. Yeah. <laughs> it's a phenomenal quote. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't remember word for word. I don't know if you have it in front of you or anything like that, but it was, it was, yeah. Uh, I almost wanted to like jump in, like paraphrase it. Like, okay, Christmas can wait. Okay. What is, what does Christmas mean? It means Christ with us. Yeah. Christ will be with us on the field on practice on Friday because we got to play the Ravens on Sunday. He said, we have the Ravens this weekend. It's going to take everything we have to beat them. And they're the only thing that matters to us right now. And this is the best part of the quote. 
easily. Look, with all due respect to Christmas, let's forget about Christmas for a while and focus on the Ravens. Much, I, I'm assuming Christmas appreciated that respect from Joe Judge. That's just a football guy respecting a holiday like you like to see. Um, but what a quote on Good Morning Football. Do we, do we know his religion? Is he, is, is, could he I be don't. part of my tribe? Yeah, he's a football guy. That's his religion. That's, yeah, that's, 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 that's exactly perfect. right. Uh, do you double dip tribes or are you full tribe? Uh no, I, I'm a double dipper. We used to we used to be Dude, big uh that's so half, baller, man. Half I wish I could double dip tribes. Yeah, we used to do the half Hanukkah, half Christmas. Um my dad is is of the tribe and and so we used to do we used to do like little we'd get like a five dollar uh blockbuster gift card for or a DVD or something like that for like a night of Hanukkah. And then Christmas, we'd go hard. You know, we'd, we'd go one, one, one big morning and, and who made the decisions the on that kind of allocation. No, that, that was, that was mom and dad. That was, that was Papa, Papa RDT. <laughs> that's, that's tremendous. The old, the old, the old holiday double dip. So Joe judge is focused on the game. He's not focused on Christmas. The four of us are focused on wrapping Christmas presents. What the listeners are going to be focused on right now is our long interview with Justin Tucker, who is awesome to have on the show. Banks was in his car. I was in my house. Unfortunately, the rest of you guys could not jump on with us, but awesome stuff from Tuck. He he was just as, as good as we could have imagined he would be. Uh, we went in a lot of different directions. As Banks said, it got a bit existential there at one point. Um, and we will talk about it after, but let's not waste any more time and get to our interview with Ravens all pro kicker, Justin Tucker. Something magic happens. We're back here on the exit 52 podcast with a man that quite frankly needs no introduction, but we'll give one anyway, Baltimore Ravens kicker, all pro pro bowler, super bowl champion, the most accurate kicker in NFL history, Justin Tucker, Justin, thanks for coming on the show. First of all, to have you on, we get a close-up to really one of the great legacies, one of the great you know, skills in the NFL. And so with that said, why is Morgan Cox the best long snapper in the NFL? I'm so glad you started off with like the best question you could have asked. And also, thank you for that sweet intro. Uh, <laughs> Morgan Cox is the best long snapper in the NFL uh, far and away because of his consistency, his talent, his work ethic. Uh, and the fact that he's just a great teammate and friend. Um, put all those things together. A lot of guys have, you know, some talent or some ability, but they don't have the uh, same attention to detail, the same work ethic that Morgan does, and that's what separates him from the rest. Uh, the fact that he – the fact that I never have to worry about whether or not the snap is going to be there in time, the fact that I get to see the ball all the way from his fingertips to – you know, leaving my foot and heading towards the uprights uh, without, without any question, I know the ball's going to be there early. Uh, and uh, if you look around the league, that's, um, you know, a, le- a much less common thing than, uh, than you would, than you would expect possibly. So uh, all of those, all of those reasons are why Morgan's the best in the NFL. Yeah, that's awesome stuff. We had him on the, uh, on the podcast a few weeks ago and he was, could not be more complimentary of you and uh, and Sam as well. Just just the rapport that you three have. Now, just to j- just jump right into something random here, but um, I may have heard that you, the three of you, are into a little bit of uh, landscape design. I don't know that that's <laughs> been out there before. Is is that true? Uh, we are. Um, we all have. All right. So we all downloaded this program on our computers. Um, at this point, it's probably like 
four or five years ago. Uh, it's similar to like a, like a Google SketchUp, like a 3D rendering or like a, you know, CAD program. Uh, but this one, it's called Live Home 3D. And uh, it's just super simple, uh, really intuitive and easy to use. But um, I kind of I kind of got the ball rolling on the live home 3D train because uh, um, I like I got Morgan and Sam to download the program and then they started using it themselves for whatever little house projects or, you know, fake design stuff that we could come up with, whatever they could come up with. But I initially downloaded this program like uh, 10 or 11 years ago when uh, when moving into a new apartment, I needed to figure out like what furniture would fit in there and how I could like, you know, get the best bang for my buck from Ikea or wherever else I was going to get furniture from. So instead of like, you know, drawing it out and then, uh, or instead of, or instead of just like taking a measuring tape and, you know, which is probably like the easier, more reasonable thing to do. Uh, and like, you know, measuring the space, I, uh, down to like the quarter of an inch measured out like every wall, every door frame, every, every piece of molding to, uh, to determine it down to the, like I said, down to the quarter of an inch, what furniture is going to fit in this uh, apartment that w at that time it was a 743 square foot one bedroom apartment. And I ended up going with the, uh, I believe it was called the Tillery West Elm modular sofa. Oh. <laughs> It was a great choice. It worked well for the, you know, for the, the couple of years that we were at that place. So well, at this point, have you, have you designed your own house? I feel like at a certain point now, like you're going to design your own place and do everything. I mean, yeah, so yeah. So I've had the program now for, you know, like, well, a long time. I've had, I've had the program on my computer for, you know, like a decade now. So I've, I'm pretty fluent with the, the way the program works. So I'm in my basement right now and I'm in a room that I like, like currently. So what I do is I get like obsessed with one project that I might not ever do. And then I just design it in, in like, uh, like a hundred different ways. So right now I'm in my basement in a, a room that the previous homeowner used as like an office. And we just, this is kind of like my catch all room right now. Like I just got like, I mean, like I got like some sweet paintings. I, don't even, like, I guess that would be considered abstract. I got like, you know, some furry pillows. Um, I like my guitars and that that's my kiddos drum set um as previously seen on uh the dan patrick show huh yep yep this is so this is i guess this is also the uh the podcast recording room yeah uh, I, it's the I zoom room some people were starting to try to drag you on the internet for having a tv on the floor as if you were just like a young bachelor just moved into a place post-college or something i mean it's a like a 55 inch tv that it's an it's an extra it's an extra 55 inch tv so i i feel like it's hardly the uh uh hardly the same thing as the bachelor with the tv on the floor but uh um no nah, man i just uh yeah so i'm in my basement right now and like I, I the project that i'm like obsessed with is i want to turn this and then the adjacent little room down here into like a gym even though i don't really work out like like any of my, like any of my teammates, I basically take like some bands and I, you know, pull them apart or do some curls or whatever. But, uh, uh, no, I, I, my, my, my project that I'm like really thinking about right now is like doing like a glass enclosed, like sweet home gym. Yeah. So every, all these other kickers probably have their wheels turning about all kinds of different stuff in terms of, 
I don't know, like uh, maybe their last kick that they might have missed and this, that, and the other. And you just got your wheels turned about interior design. <laughs> I think I just have a lot of wheels that are turning all at the same time. So it might be uh, at any given time, it could be a combination between interior design, home renovations, uh, landscaping, hardscaping. Um, I, like, I have this like idea that I want to paint my house white and I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do that, but I have it rendered in like four different shades of white because apparently that's a thing. And then, uh, uh, and then of course there's, there's always room in there for like every kick I've ever missed. And I remember those way before I remember any of the, you know, ones like the, the ones that we made. And I emphasize that too. Like we make kit, you know, we make kicks and then every once in a while I miss one and, you know, as long as they're not overly consequential, I can live with myself. But I mean, yesterday I let three points get away from me. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm still kicking myself over it today, but at least I have these like sweet 3d renderings of my basement to look at. To make. <laughs> uh, last week, you obviously made the kick to win in Cleveland. So that's a positive one to remember, but not a ton of reaction after that one. And then you got the gigantic bear hug from Lamar that you almost looked uncomfortable with. What was going through your mind as that was happening? I just turned around and I saw him coming. He's a fast guy. Uh, <laughs> so I saw him running towards me pretty quickly and he, so he just caught me off guard. Um, but then, but then after the game, I think I might've done the same to him. So like uh, after the, the safety uh, to, to finish the game, which by the way, it was just great for, um, for anybody <laughs> For, for anybody uh, that, that's a betting, um, uh, oh, yeah. betting fan watching the game, I'm sure that, that made things quite interesting. I don't know if you saw Scott Van Pelt just was freaking out on SportsCenter. They went <laughs> and he just – he has his bad his, – his worst beat segment. He was just floored by what had happened. Floored. Yeah, it's, it's great. Were, were I, you I, concerned – were you – you had a face concern when Lamar picked you up. Were you, like, concerned that maybe he didn't wash his hands or something? <laughs> I – I knew you were going to get there at some point. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, had, I had no concerns about uh, Lamar's um, hands being washed or not washed. I was, I was not concerned about that at all because all there's right. nothing to be concerned about. Um, hey, listen. Now I have to do my I, job. I, I, I have to ask the tough questions here. <laughs> it's very important that you do that. How would you be a big J journalist if you didn't do just that? That's correct. So, so yeah, I hey listen, Lamar's Lamar's got uh you know his uh Lamar's got his his story and um you know I I I trust uh what he has to say. So <laughs> I have I have in fact I have big trust in what he has to say. That's well said. <laughs> um yeah, you kinda alluded to the big J thing. Um so I'm sure you've heard all the softball questions in the world. Um, hear the same questions all the time in these types of interviews. Hey, what is the one question you wish somebody would ask you? Man, that's a – You can think about that's that. A really good que- that's a really good question because it's like super meta. Thank you. That, uh, um, I mean, I, I, like I, I know we're being pretty lighthearted here and, uh, you know, I, like I've, I've listened to some episodes of what you guys do and it's, it's, always, it's always like, you know, good and fun and – like I said, lighthearted and all that stuff. But sure. you know what, one thing that does, um, I've never really said this before. One thing that does uh, kind of, you know, it doesn't bother me, but I wish got 
more attention was um, or is is after a, a game winning field goal, right? When um, you know we we win a game, we are celebrating as a team, and we're just like you know loving being in that moment. Um, there there are there have been a handful of times where I've come to the podium uh, for the post game press conference, and this year it's all via Zoom, which is uh, a whole other interesting thing in and of itself. But um, I've come to the post game uh, press conference podium to, you know, take questions or to, you know, say a word. And uh, pretty frequently I will, I will start, or one of my teammates will start with, uh, you know, an acknowledgement of, you know, just gratitude for our being here in the first place, you know? So like, I, I like to say like, you know, glory to God and thanks for the opportunity to be here today. All right, let's, let's take some questions. Uh, or I'll close out an interview um, or, or a press conference saying something like that. And uh, that, that rarely makes it to, uh, at least in, in my experience, unless I'm missing something, that rarely makes it to like the main broadcast. Uh, and, that, and that's something that um, it, doesn't, it doesn't necessarily bother me, but I just wish that that would be highlighted more, you know, because so many people from so many different types of backgrounds coming together to uh, be a part of a game that America loves, that the world loves. Uh, and we can, uh, so many of us just want to offer acknowledgement, uh, you know, of our existence. And it, it just kind of, kind of gets like lost in the, you know, it just kind of gets lost sometimes. And that's, that is something that I wish got highlighted a little bit, a little bit sure. more. Kind you know, of a meta answer. So many, for a so many good question. people, so many good people that have so many good things to say. I just, I, I wish that got highlighted a little bit more. So it's interesting you say that. Where do you feel like that gratitude for you? So I'll let you expand on it then. Is based out of, and and your teammates based out of. Obviously, you you thank God, so I'm sure it's based in, in some of your faith. But where where does that sort of, and how does that help you mentally, um, keeping everything in perspective? Because obviously, you're a kicker in the NFL everything bad gets magnified, everything good gets forgotten. And so how does that sort of help you acknowledging that go forward mentally? It definitely can seem that way, you know, where the, the, the bad things get uh, highlighted and the, the good things get forgotten. Um, it, it can seem like that sometimes. I mean, like I've been really fortunate to play with, you know, great teammates and a great organization that, um, you know, we can all kind of let our light shine and, you know, be ourselves and have success and all of those things. Um, but really more than anything, I, I think it's just about being, um, you know, being, being thankful for each and every moment, especially, I would say, especially in this year where, you know, each and every moment is um, more and more unique than the last and in many ways challenging um, I mean, like just, you know, to, to, to keep it simple, like keeping things in perspective is always important. Um, you know, like I get to play, a, I get to play a game. Like we get to play a game that millions of people will watch on TV and, you know, whether our team wins or loses, somebody out there has a smile on their face because they got to watch their team play um, on Sunday afternoon or Monday night or Wednesday afternoon before a tree lighting ceremony. Uh, you know, somebody out there got something, they got some enjoyment out of watching us play football. Um, 
And, you know, keeping that in perspective compared to how tough this year has been for so many people out there who are, you know, struggling through this pandemic or, um, you know, trying to make ends meet or, you know, putting themselves in harm's way every day to help others. Um, man, like I didn't, I didn't mean to get like all like existential on you guys, but uh, I mean, Hey, here we are, you know, it's, yeah. to me, it's just, it, it is important that, you know, the, the good things get highlighted and um, you know, I'll leave it at that. It's well said. Um, going along with that, that kind of narrative, um, we have a campaign going. It's called Be There for Be More. We're trying to encourage uh, restaurants or, or uh, people to, to go to their local restaurants and support their local restaurants and tip the workers there and just try to help a, a lending hand to some, some struggling businesses. Uh, do you have any favorite spots in Baltimore that, in, or in the area that you, you are uh, kind of partial to that, that you, know, you kind of want to give a shout out to? Oh, for sure. For sure. Uh, I don't want to forget anybody, but I'll just rattle off a few. So Food Market, Clavel, um, uh, all the Wolf Foreman restaurants, they're, the way they, they handle their business is like second to none. They're amazing people. They're with amazing restaurants. Um, gosh, I, I can name like, I, I don't want to forget any. Um, we love all of them. I mean, <laughs> what's that? We love all of them. You know, we, we all get of them. It. There's and too I've, many I've to seen, I've seen that you guys are doing that. And it's like, I just want to thank you for doing that. Because that, that's, that's important. Um, you know, thinking about not just, uh, you know, thinking about others during the holiday season, but, you know, compounded with the effect that, um, you know, this pandemic is having on everybody, but especially people in the in the restaurant industry, in the service industry, in um, you know, uh, in, in the in the medical care, uh, first you know, first line responders, uh, you know, all, all of those all those people can des- like more than deserve. I, I I don't think it could be emphasized enough that you know, even delivery drivers, like um, you know, all the all of those folks, like putting themselves out there, put themselves, you know. Uh, at a greater risk than they might have ever had before. They, they def, you know, I don't think it could be said enough, but they, they are heroes. And yeah, like what you guys are, you know, promoting with uh, supporting your local restaurants, that's a big deal. This is the least we could do. I mean, we, we have a, a platform to reach some people and do some good. And uh, we understand that there's a signed football coming from the Wolfpack and we'd much appreciate your contributions to the entire thing. So thank you. No doubt. Happy to help, man. Justin, what's it been like to be embraced by the city as a whole since you've gotten here? Obviously, you're a native of Texas. You had really no connection here before you came and signed here. And now you're pretty much beloved um, around town. What has that been like for you as you've gone through your career? Well, I appreciate you saying that, man. Um, you know, it's been really, really cool. Uh, you know, like like you said, I came from Texas. I, I had no real ties to this part of the country, this area, um, or this town. And uh, to come here and be embraced by, you know, Ravens fans um, has been really, really special. So uh, I, I, would, I would think that a lot of it has to do with just making kicks, but I would be wrong. Uh, and I'll tell you why. It's because Ravens fans are loyal. Uh, they love their birds. They know football. Um, but uh, they, they, I feel like Ravens fans uniquely – care about 
you know, the individual players playing for the team, you know, because I, I think um, they know that we try to represent the city as best as we can. You know, even guys that are not from here, like myself, like I've got, I am now, I, I would say, like I've got a Maryland driver's license and everything. Don't forget <laughs> to get your real ID because that's a real thing. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I, I think it's that so many Ravens fans see themselves reflected in the team and the way that we play, play like a Raven. You know, we, we, I think the game on Monday night was a perfect example of what it looks like to play like a Raven when everything is um, looking tough, when you're faced with certain adversity, the only thing you can do is just keep fighting, uh, keep working, adapt and overcome. And then, uh, uh, you know, when, when you do those things, you have a chance to be successful. And when you are, you celebrate. And when, when you're not, you just pick yourself right back up and you, try to do it again. Um, and that's a big part of the reason why the culture within our team is, uh, you know, similar to the, the culture of the city. Uh, you know, we work hard. People in Baltimore work hard. We care about football. People in Baltimore care about football. Um, so, so to be, uh, you know, to be embraced by this town, um, not just because I've kicked the ball straight, but, you know, just, I, I really do think just for the fact that I play for the Ravens, uh, it has been really, really unique and really special. That's very well said. Um, I know my, my father growing up in the area, um, having Baltimore Colts players living in his neighborhood that he would, you know, see them work in their off season jobs. And they just exuded that type of blue collar, mentality and behavior and it's been a beautiful thing for me coming from a newer generation to 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 see that same energy kind of exuded from from the new look ravens you know the new football team in town um so on another note um speaking of kicking kick straight uh week one uh you kicked the ball pretty straight and it went through the uprights somebody somewhere said something along the lines of still fucking got it <laughs> do you have any clue who that might have been um at all i can neither conf confirm nor deny that that audio even exists um okay but uh <laughs> yeah that was me i uh i was a little excited <laughs> hey man like you get that first one out of the way they're like i don't care how long you've been playing you know like if you're a quarterback and you get that first completion of the season in a preseason game, it doesn't even matter. Like in practice, um, some of the most nervous, some of the, some of the times I've been the most nervous before a kick would be like when you least, when, you know, most casual fans would least expect it. And uh, it's like the first PAT of OTAs. It's always like, you know, hearts beating out of my chest and like uh, butterflies are, you know, having a, battle royale inside of my stomach and uh i like it's I, i'm getting like sweaty just like thinking about you know the feeling because it's you know like it kind of sucks but then you know you knock it through and i mean there's definitely a level of satisfaction there that's you know you know pretty Quite uh, literally still fucking got it <laughs> yeah, pretty much yeah i mean <laughs> you, you, hey you just get you just get excited and can't help yourself what it, explain the bring your own energy saying. Yeah, man, with, uh, I guess that's, another, so going back to what we were just talking about, I'm pretty sure the only reason anybody would have ever heard 
whoever it was saying whatever it is uh (laughs) there's no fans in the stands and it's 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 particularly quiet it's eerily quiet in this in the stands uh in this in the stadium um i mean like even even yesterday it 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 still feels in a way like a preseason practice or like a preseason scrimmage even though we all know like the stakes are really really high for especially for our team right now um but uh the the fact that there's no one in the stadium to kind of you know there's no one in the stadium to make that noise when the defense is on the field and it's third and four and you got to get a stop or when a when a ball leaves my foot and goes through the uprights, there's usually that, that, you know, elevation and the volume, the, you know, the roar of the crowd is something that we all feed off of that we feed off that energy. Well, because we don't have that, we got to bring our own energy. We got to just, you know, be hyped when uh, it's just straight up way more difficult to be hyped. Uh, Like I, I never realized until this year, like that I'm one of those guys that I feed off of the, the energy in the stadium. I feed off the buzz. Uh, Cause you know, it's electric, man. Like, I mean, when you see a, like for me, when I see a ball go through the uprights and um, there's, you know, all of the, like all of those feelings, like kind of all come together at the same time. It's like a feeling of relief that, okay, I made the kick. And then it's excitement of, uh, well, hell yeah. Like we just scored, like we're, you know, we're, we're putting ourselves like in, in the driver's seat for this game or whatever it may be. Um, and then to have the, the crowd kind of like, you know, roar their approval uh, to not have that is definitely, I mean, it's definitely like kind of tough. Like I miss it. I think we all miss it. Um, at the same time, it has been kind of cool because I get home after a 1 p.m. game at like 4.45. Like I can stop and drive, you know, I can stop at Shake Shack on the way. Excuse me, I can stop at Royal Farms on the way home. <laughs> and there's no traffic leaving the stadium. Whereas, you know, every year before this one, you, you know, you try to pull out of the player's lot uh, next to the stadium and you just get stuck in gridlock traffic for, you know, 45 minutes sometimes. So now I get home in like 20 minutes and it's, I mean, that's pretty sweet, but not having the fans in the stands, um, you know, making a bunch of noise and kind of riding with the team with the ebbs and the flows of the game uh, has definitely been a challenge, but that's exactly why we got to bring our own energy. You know, there's only us out there at the end of the day. And um, you know, you gotta, you gotta find a way, even if you just manufacture it out of thin air, you got to find a way to do it. And we've done a pretty good job of that this year, man. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Commutes are tough, huh? What's oh commutes? Yeah. <laughs> Football no. players are just like us. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how about that right in? Yeah. <laughs> now you're a Texas boy, as you had mentioned. Um, and the Wolfpack as a whole, they all come from kind of blue blood football programs. You've got Sam Cook from Nebraska, you've got Morgan Cox from Tennessee. Which of the three programs is going to be back first? I don't want to say that Texas will be back or has ever been back. They said they were back. Uh, as soon as, as soon minutes? as somebody, as soon as somebody says that, then they just revert to being not back. So, <laughs> well, what about, I mean, Sam Ellinger said it though. So were they back or were they not? I think in that moment, they were most certainly back. 
and then they were kind of like not back for they a return to not being back. So now we await. I think we're in a holding pattern of backness and okay. Uh, we'll I think we'll just I think we're just gonna have to see what happens moving forward. You would say you're more back than Nebraska or Tennessee though. I would I, I see like when you say back, what's back is relative, you know, like for, for, Tennessee, for Texas, the bar is yes. Yeah, for Texas the bar is set really high because you know, we got like, you know, national championships and you know a bunch of players in the league and all that stuff. It's the um, beauty of the question. Of you know, what is win seasons. And then, so like the, the bar is, the bar is set here for, for Texas. And then, um, you know, for, for Sam Cook's Nebraska and for Morgan Cox's Tennessee, the bar is like, you know, can you get, it's like down there. So, <laughs> I mean, not to say that they, you know, they're, you know, they've got, They've got like, uh, you know, some sporty little programs there and, you know, they can, <laughs> they can always win it. They're always down to win a game here, you know, a win a tough game. But um, yeah, the, the whole term of whether or not you're back, completely relative. Uh, Justin, we'll get you out of here on like one or two more. First, Morgan tells us you're good at some impressions. Uh, McConaughey, Walken, give us your best one. If you had to get up there. Which one? <laughs> uh, yeah, I can. um See, like, I don't really – I I know that they're not really good. But they're, like, slightly better than awful, and they're, like, kind of passable. Like, after, like, a couple of phrases, you could probably piece together and be like, oh, yeah, that that's walking. Or, oh, yeah, that's McConaughey. <laughs> it took me a minute to get there. But, um, yeah, let's see. I could uh, give you a <clears> – <throat> Two little mice fell in a bucket of cream. The first <laughs> mouse, he quickly drowns. But the second mouse, you know, he, he just worked. He worked and eventually he turned that cream into butter. <laughs> <laughs> and now, you I, didn't even say which one you were doing. It was pretty clear which one it was. Yeah. Well, you gave me two options and like. Yeah. You know, well, we I didn't like know there's one in the holster. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I feel like they're significantly different, but hey, that's, that's about all I, that's about all I got for you. Is, is McConaughey all over the program there in Texas? Like, is he down there as much as he says he is? Uh, I wouldn't know myself for sure. He definitely seems like he's there a lot. I mean, the dude loves his horns, man. It's pretty, uh, it, I, as a, you know, like 18, 19, 20 year old kid, Matthew McConaughey comes around and he comes to practice and he offers a, a wise word with that, that Texas draw, or I think he's more from like, I think he's, I don't think he's from Texas. I think he's from like Louisiana or Arkansas. I can't really remember, but um, either way, he comes in with that Southern draw and he like you, everybody knows who he is. Like he's, you know, Academy award winning actor, Matthew McConaughey. And he comes in just like shoots the bull with you at practice. And as like a, you know, you know, sophomore in college, that's like the coolest thing ever. Uh, he, I know, I know when I was there, he was around a lot. It was, it was really cool that, um, you know, like Texas football was like so big that, uh, and, and, you know, that it attracted the, you know, like alums like Matthew McConaughey uh, to just come and hang out at practice. Like I did think that was really cool. Um, I, like, I can't say whether or not he's around all the time now, cause I don't really know. But um, I did get to take a selfie with him before 
a preseason game last year, and I thought that was pretty neat. <laughs> Two Texas legends. Uh, Banks, do we want to broker this kicking contest here real quick before we get Justin out of here? Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, a few weeks ago, we had Adley Rutschman on, first overall pick for the Orioles this past uh, – or two years ago. Um, fancies himself a kicker as well, kicked at Oregon State. Um, I think we were getting to talk with him about trying to broker a bit of a kicking competition between those two and possibly myself. I was 29 of 34 on extra points in high school. No big deal. Um, I don't know. Yeah. You know, are you, are you game? I'm, I'm definitely game. I mean, like I, I'll never turn away competition. Um, I, I, I will say though, uh, he seems like a super impressive athlete. So I don't want to, um, I mean, like, I'm not going to be able to offer any handicaps whatsoever because, uh, uh we weren't going to do handicaps at all. No, this I is mean, be yeah, but it's I'm just saying like in any kicking competition, I would typically offer one as a sign of goodwill. Uh, oh, that's very nice. Thank you. But you wouldn't that. expect anyone to accept it. No, definitely not. It's, I'll be okay. honest. It sounds like you're a little bit rattled by mostly myself. I'm sure Adley rattles you a little bit too, but I think I got you a little bit rattled here. When you, when you started throwing out the stats, it did – you know, <laughs> it started making me tremble in my boots a little bit. Uh, but I mean, I know, I, like, I know he kicked like a, like a, I don't know how he did at Oregon State, but like, as soon as he got drafted, like the first thing that I saw was, hey, this guy can also kick a ball. He kicked like a 63 yarder in high school. And I'm like, man, the longest ball I kicked in high school was like 49 yards. So, uh, <laughs> and I think my PAT stats were about as good, at, if not worse than, than yours, Banks. I think I was like, you know, <laughs> I, I think I missed like eight PATs in high school. I sucked back then, man. We've got, so ourselves, I'm, we've got ourselves. I'm really, here. I'm really glad uh, really. Mac took a chance on me. <laughs> and the Ravens, and the Ravens, like, I, I can't believe I went back and looked, not drafted, which always blows my mind that you were not drafted. I went through the ESPN, an entire story about you getting, getting with the Ravens. That is just wild. I mean, you buried Texas A&M. How do you not draft? Yeah, that how guy? do you not get drafted after that? Uh, who knows, man. I, uh, I, I would say, like, at the time, like, I had, like, a, I had a big chip on my shoulder about that. Because I didn't really – the, the reason why is I didn't really understand, like, what the draft really meant, right? Like, as a, as a specialist, especially. So, what the draft means if you're drafted in the fifth, sixth, or seventh round is, well, the team has invested a little capital in you, a little draft capital, and then, like, a little cash. You get a little signing bonus. Um, but you still got to compete. You got you to gotta earn the job. Like, I didn't, I didn't necessarily understand that in, you know, like early on in my college days, like, you know, leading up to the draft, I, I had a better understanding of that. But um, I was like a little salty that I didn't get picked. Like the four other kickers did, and you know, between the fifth and the seventh round. Um, but I knew no matter what happened with, with the draft, I was going to have to come in and take somebody else's job. I'm going to have to make it my own. And uh, that's, I mean, that's exactly how it, how it played out for, for me. Uh, right after the draft wrapped up, I had three phone calls that I was bouncing back and forth on. And it was between um, uh, Dallas Cowboys, Chicago Bears, and obviously the Baltimore Ravens. And I had kind of earmarked from the jump, the Ravens as like a potential landing spot uh, just because I thought the, the opportunity was, was for, like, I just thought the opportunity to make the team was the best or at least get a chance to, you know, kick in some preseason games and, uh, you know, get my name out there 
you know, have, have a chance to make a team. Well, it was going to come from, first of all, coming to the Ravens and learning from the best in the business, Morgan Cox and Sam Cook, and special teams coordinator at the time, Jerry Rosberg. Um, I knew I was going to give myself the best chance by ending up in Baltimore. And thankfully it did work out that way, but um, it, it, and it worked out in a lot of ways uh, very well, because when you go undrafted, you sign a three-year deal instead of being locked into a four-year deal. So I was able to kind of, you know, get my first bite at the apple, so to speak, uh, with regards to contract stuff sooner rather than later. Um, so, you know, for, for a lot of reasons, I think it, going undrafted turned out to be a blessing in disguise. And um, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You know, there's so many first round picks that fizzle out. There's a bunch of first round picks that do great. There's a bunch of six round picks that fizzle out. And then there's six round picks that have, you know, that have won six Super Bowls. So, you know, where you go in the draft, like if, if any young football player is concerning themselves about where you go in the draft, when it's a difference of like several million dollars, if you're like drafted number one overall and number, you know, or sliding to the second round, I mean, like I could fully understand why you would be frustrated about that. But um, you end up, you end up making your, your, you know, you end up making your real money by performing, you know, you gotta, no matter what you got coming and play good. So yeah, like I used to have a big chip on my shoulder about that, but now I just kind of look at it as like that's you know, it was it was serendipity in a sense. It was exactly how things were supposed to play out for me. So we've got we've got our tagline: top of the draft, not drafted, never in the draft. A three-way kicking competition between Barstool Banks, <laughs> Justin Tucker, and Adley Rushman. I think we I love it. <laughs> Bank Stadium, MIT Bank Stadium. Once COVID's over, we, we, I mean, I think all of Baltimore will, will want to watch that. Adley, also a little on your corner, TikTok star. You're kind of like the performance guy in, in town <laughs> as an athlete. So we've got to figure that out, too. We've got to try to combine those two things. Oh, I love it. I love it. We definitely should. Justin, thanks so much for jumping on with us, man. Know you're a busy guy during what has been a wild season. Uh, continued success and good health. And uh, we hope that your uh, your son stays in bed as you as you watch over him right now. And you can get some uh, – Yeah, well, thanks for reminding me. Like, I – I haven't checked on it in a while, and he is sleeping, so so that's good. Fingers crossed. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate you. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. Thanks, man. Back to you in the studio. Trust, trust. Back on the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood. Much thanks to Justin Tucker, who jumped on with us uh, for about 35, 40 minutes. Uh, just sensational stuff from him. Uh, Banks, you got your start writing at Barstool Sports writing about Justin Tucker, how did it feel interviewing the man himself? Pretty incredible. Um, you alluded to it, and I kind of tweeted about it the other day. Um, I probably wouldn't be here without Justin Tucker. That's just being honest. Um, I guess if we really want to tell the story a little bit, I was in my extra semester. I, I did an extra fall semester at Maryland, and uh, DMV Barstool Sports got started, and um, I had some free time given my kind of light course load in my last semester at Maryland. And I, I loved Barstool and I knew that I could write. I had taken some journalism courses at Maryland and um, I started writing about the Ravens and, and Justin Tucker had the Monday night football game in Detroit where he kicked a 61 yarder, which made it six out of six to win 18, 16 against the Lions on Monday Night Football. And I wrote, I mean, when you get content like that, you can write about it so easily. It just, it's just so easy. 
like it's just destiny you beating a team like that because the team had won that Vikings game in the snow and they won against the Steelers on Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, when it came down to a two point conversion at the end of the game, it was the 2013 team after they had won the Super Bowl, and they had destiny written all over them. And I just wrote just beautiful stuff that like Barstool Nate, um, Eric Nathan just loved. And because of that, I was able to get hired. Uh, and I, I, that's just like such a, one of those like stars aligned kind of situations. And um, because of that, I'm, I was able to write for Barstool Sports. And so seven years later, almost to the day, so you have the opportunity to interview the guy that like played a big part in you having an opportunity to be a part of a special thing like it, like Barstool Sports is like, it's, it's incredible. Like I'm so fortunate for that. And I'm so thankful for, for Justin Tucker more than anybody. But um, as I alluded to on Twitter, you know, Eric, Nathan, forgive me a chance, but uh, not to get too sidetracked, but um, it was just super cool. Just like so freaking cool to interview Justin Tucker. And um, he's exactly as chill as you, you would ever imagine. We were able to, kind of dive in on some things that, that maybe you would never see on a traditional media outlet. And uh, we were kind of bullshitting around before we, we hit record on this podcast. I don't know that we've ever seen Justin Tucker do any interview that is more than five minutes or, or like a radio spot or uh, like, I don't know, like, you know, you see him on real farms commercials, which he, you know, he, he joked about that a little, a tiny bit if you were paying attention and um yeah, it was just super cool to kind of pick his brain and, uh, you know, even challenge him to a little bit of a field goal contest. So that was cool. Like, like seriously, man, this is why for, for a person like me, big Ravens fan who uh, loves being in the game, like that's why you do it, man. It's so you can get opportunity to interview guys like Justin Tucker. I do want to say that I did already let Adley know that, we interviewed Tucker and that, that the challenge is going to be extended towards him. So, so, he so he's, I did not, but he is aware of it. <laughs> he's uh, aware. He's well, definitely did you, aware. Is he, he read do it. you know he's aware just because of the read receipt? Yeah. Yeah. He, he's cause I talked to him and I said, Hey, just to let you know, I was trying also to set up a mini golf tournament for us and him first him and his friends. That's, that's, that's how it started. Him and his buddies were mini golfing. And I okay. said, Hey, by the way, when you guys get to Baltimore, um, we're going to do like a mini golf thing. And he do said, Do we have a home course around here? Uh, Rocky Gorge is probably a quarter mile from my parents' house in Howard County, the longest hole in mini golf history. That's what the sign says. So it has to be true. Um, <laughs> so we can do that. Um, but yeah, that, uh, that invite has been extended. I mean, it has to happen. I love that Justin is not going to give him a handicap because he saw he could hit a 63-yard field goal. So that's – I mean, that Adley now – now, he was a bit spooked by your stat drop, Banks. That was apparent. His face yeah. – his complexion changed a bit when you said that. And so that'll be interesting to see if you can continue to play mental warfare with a guy that doesn't get phased by really much. So I, th- I, I thought it was pretty cool how he kind of led us into his mental state there where he – you know, you, you think that he he exudes such, I don't know, unflappableness. He's he's so mentally tough, and that's that's I kind of alluded to it when I asked him like, like 
you get asked the same questions all the time. Like what question do you wish somebody would ask? I I bet he is so sick of people asking like, how are you so mentally tough, dude? Like how, how do you have the mental fortitude to go in and kick the big kick all the time? Like that's like the basic question that he gets all the time, I'm sure. And, you know, I tried to steer kind of clear of asking him that kind of question because I'm sure it's so old, but like it was so cool to, to like listen to him talk about like, you know what? It's not the kick at, you know, from 55 yards to win the game against the Browns on Monday Night Football. It's that kick on, you know, the first practice of the year. Like, it's it, it's it was so humanizing because you just like when you look up to he's, he's just a kicker, but like he's so automatic and he's so money that you think that he's just so unflappable, like I said, and and really he he is more human than probably we could have ever imagined like he gets hard, he gets the butterflies and i think he just feeds off the butterflies and uh i'm i'm, I'm planning to to maybe make um you know i just had this thought now like maybe i need to make a bit of a mixtape and just kind of make some kicks and record it and just kind of float it out there and just kind of rattle his cage a little bit you know just maybe make some some big time kicks out there at latrobe park and uh you know, spook him. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that was interesting to listen to him talk about, you know, um, and he, when he got existential was talking about sort of having the gratitude for being there every day. And I do think this has been a mentally challenging year for all of these guys. Not that it hasn't been for everyone in the world with what's going on. Um, but the way these guys have had to go through it and, and keep trying to do all the same things with all the different restrictions. Um, I'm sure it, I'm sure those guys really do have gratitude for being there every day. That was why I, I sort of continued on with that line of questioning. Cause I do He's the man. He's the, the man. The state of his interesting. Uh, we may start a home improvement podcast with him too. Cause I mean, the guy yeah. can give us a lot of tips. I, I, I have no clue what the hell he was talking about. And I every <laughs> second of it. That it was so awesome. funny. Though. I wanted to, I wanted to, to look up that uh, program, but it sounds to me just like a, a more in-depth version of the Sims. That's what it sounds. Yeah. Sure. Wait, I thought it was roller. I thought a roller coaster tycoon, but that was, was just, dude. So, so what happened there is like, <laughs> like, all right, if, if we can just like peel back the curtain a little bit. Um, when, when Justin made the kick to beat the, the, the Browns, that was, that was like awesome. So the next day we were all high on that, whatever. And we have our little group group text here as a group uh, for the podcast. And then later, like, like the next day I'm like, well, holy shit, man. Like Morgan Cox is, is a friend of the program. And, um, I text with him here and there. I'm not going to act like I text with him regularly, but, um, I just kind of text him like, Hey man, like it would be really awesome. Like, like you've said in the past, like if you want to hook up like an interview with Justin at some point, like, let me know. And, and we've kind of kept it in our back pocket because we want to strike when the iron's hot or whatever you want to call it. Like, and so I was like, holy shit, like the iron's hot right now. We should get, we should try to get JT on like tonight for a Wednesday interview for last week's podcast. And I texted Morgan and, you know, he's a busy guy. He's got a lot going on. Um, he pretty much like said, you know, he, he was on Dan Patrick last week. He had a lot of requests, like he was swamped. And so he said, all right, next week, like he just kind of, he kind of said, Hey, text or uh, email Chad Steele and we'll get it all linked up and we'll get this interview going. And so I uh, emailed Chad Steele on like Monday night or Sunday night and said like, Hey, we would love to have uh, Justin, if we can have him, like, 
um, you know, Morgan Cox said like, Hey, you know, you know, alluded to something, I, you know, the exact word in the email is not important, but you know, Chad Steele emails us back at 12:30 PM on like a Monday afternoon and says, Hey, yeah, you can have JT at two o'clock. Uh, that cool with you. And like, we were not ready for that at all. Like we, we totally just scrambled. Like we were just like, Holy shit. So I interviewed him in the car and Taylor, like luckily is at home and was able to interview him from where he was. And so like, let me tell you, Justin Tucker did an interview with a guy who was at his ugly sweater party interviewing him from his car. Like, I think we're going to, we're going to upload the, the YouTube video to our YouTube page. Um, but it was just one of those things where it was just such a scramble drill and, and we're like, Holy shit. Like, I wasn't going to ask Chad Steele, the mammoth who lords over every like Super Bowl handshake that's ever happened in the last decade. I was not going to ask that man. Yeah. Icon is correct. I was not going to ask that man. Hey, you know, exit 52 is too big for having Justin Tucker (laughs) at two o'clock. We're going to, we're going to push him or we're going to ask if we can have him tomorrow. No, I'm going to go out my car in my, my Kevin McAllister, uh, ugly, uh, buzz your girlfriend, woof sweatshirt and, uh, <laughs> interview the man out in the car. And so he came into, uh, I guess our element a little bit of, uh, like what our world is with me just being a whole bum out there in the car. It was a lot of fun. And, uh, he, I mean, the guy, the guy is unbelievable. He's, he's just, I mean, Justin Tucker is a legend in his own right here in Baltimore. He he's he's exactly as advertised. Um, God bless the man. God bless him for not just making the kicks, but just for exuding the Baltimore energy that that we all need. For sure. And shout out to uh, as you said, shout out to Chad Steele and the Ravens PR team for letting us have Justin on. Um, that was awesome. We got him for an extended period of time, and Justin was was great with his time. So thanks to him, as his kid was sleeping, uh, we were talking to him before yeah. that about but his kid sleeping. And as RDT, as you know, that is a that's a big thing. That nap time, that moment of time is is something that you will just cherish into, until the end of time. It's, Dude. it's a special moment in time where you can kind of sit down and look at the monitor and just be like, I, I don't have to do anything. I thought it was so funny how we so, – so we sign on with, with Justin and Justin hops on and, um, you know, Taylor, Taylor with his other podcast, Here the Turtle, has – I mean, he's very experienced in this realm where he's got big time guests such as Scott Van Pelt and people like that, where he, he knows sometimes the guests that he has, he like their time is very important and he has to respect that. He about a minute into Justin signing in, we kind of shoot the shit for like a minute. And then Taylor's like, all right, we got to get to business here. Uh, Respect Justin's time. (laughs) And, and he, and he says, (laughs) he's like, all right, we got to, you know, I know you got to get out of here. You're busy, man. So let's get this thing rolling. And then Justin is like, I appreciate that so much, man. And then Justin says, literally says, I appreciate that so much, man. And then just goes into literally three minutes of talking about, (laughs) (laughs) he's like, yeah, don't mind me. You know, I've got my kid like on this uh, iPad. He's on the monitor over here. I'm going to don't mind me if I look over to my right at the monitor every so often and, uh, you know, (laughs) check on him. He's been toying with his his Christmas tree. Seriously, he goes off for like it's I'm say it because it's so lovable. He talks for three or four, like three or four minutes about like 
his kid and the Christmas tree and his room that he keeps toying with and how he won't go to sleep and how Christmas Eve is going to be tough and like all this stuff. Like, <laughs> dude, Justin Tucker is such, such just like a down to earth, genuine guy. And like before, like before we even really got to the interview, like he just, yeah. I mean, he was so generous with his time and we appreciate the hell out of it. I'm, I'm blabbering. I'm blabbering. For sure. No, he was, he was awesome. And, and like you said, you like, once you get the guy on, you want to go because you only have a certain amount of time. And it was awesome to hear Justin continuing to talk, but it's just eating into our time with him. So I'm like, I, that is always my thing to just like, yeah, but he just wanted to just like, he was so comfortable in the room, just being himself and be like, Hey, you got my kid. He's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. so funny. Shout out to Justin for coming off us. Uh, he was, he was awesome. And, uh, and hope to have more Ravens as we continue on here. Um, like Justin and thanks for Morgan Cox for being our uh, kind of connection into there to a certain extent. He's been an awesome supporter of the pod since, uh, since we've gotten on here. So pro bowler, by the way, so big props and pro bowler, Morgan Cox. Yeah. Great point. Pro bowler, Morgan Cox. Um, awesome stuff from him. Also announced that, uh, you know, another kid on the way, Morgan Cox. Oh, yeah, that's that's, that was one of my honorable mentions. Well, let's I get into that. that. I thought we'll, that we'll get into that right through. now. We'll get it right that right now, Artie Ting. You can start. Maryland Man of the Week. Marty, wow. I don't know if you've prepared for this, so you can take some time to think of someone you would give it to. So I will go, you'll I'll you'll go last. But Eric, you start first. All right. So my my number one, I won't I, I'll say my honorable mention. I didn't know if Hannah was gonna mention it. Morgan Cox. Um, the kid on the way, the Pro Bowl. It's it's weird because the Pro Bowl is not happening, but you're still getting it's very bizarre. it's awesome are for you, the players. Are you opening with a with an honorable mention? Well, yeah, yeah, because because okay. you just talked about it, so yeah, yeah we'll do that. Do it. Shout do out it. Morgan Cox. Congrats on the sex. It was um, <laughs> just cool for him. A great week for him. Um, my my first place Nick Cannon Medley Man of the Week is Chris Rose. I don't know if you guys have been as impacted as I have been. Chris Rose from Best Damn Sports Show period um, moved on to MLB Network and and he, he does a bunch of NFL stuff, um, but. The um, he's on intentional talk with Kevin Millar, former Orioles, absolute legend. Don't think he played anywhere else. Um, <laughs> he he found out, I guess, a couple of weeks ago, his contract wasn't being renewed at MLB Network. So it's messed up. He he came out a couple. I think it was like two. It was like last week or two weeks ago. Him saying like, hey, here's what's happening. Um, the next couple of weeks are going to be weird. We're going to do a bunch of best up shows. And then today was his last show. Uh, what is today? Wednesday. And so, obviously, the final wrap-up with him and Millar and <clears> – <throat> sorry, got the beer stuck in my throat. Um, it was just – it was a cool thing to see them end, and, and Rose got very emotional. Millar got emotional. I think they're awesome baseball guys. Like, Chris Rose is, like, a legitimate – like, he's everywhere. He does NFL. He does MLB Network. He used to do battle bots. Like, he legitimately has his net spread so wide. Um, but I think intentional talks is one of the best baseball shows on TV outside of the baseball tonight. Here's a score. Here's a highlight. And here's an interview with a rod or something like that. I think though, like Chris Rose and Kevin Millar are like they're And again, I talked with Dallas Braden about it. It's like Chris Rose never played baseball. He's not the, the jock who's sitting down and talking the game with you. He's the, like, here's a, I'm a normal guy at a bar talking about baseball um, and he could get it across like his point across or whatever, you know, his stat or whatever it is about baseball. He could get it to the normal person who, who, who was just consuming it on MLB network. Um, I thought it was just an awesome show. They were a great team together and, and to see, to see it end today was sad. Uh, I, like I said, Chris Rose was very emotional. Millar was emotional. 
I, I just thought they were a great team. It's been a fantastic baseball show. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see where he goes next. I don't know what he's going to do, but um, I've, I've always been a huge Chris Rose fan. So shout mm-hmm. out uh, Chris Rose for his uh, – I think, I think they started in 2011. So nine-year run, I mean, that's a, that's a hell of a run on TV. Dude, like seriously, Thanks. their show was so good. No, I, I, I got to commend that one. It's um, – we, we've said on the show a few times, I'm team, team Hulu, and I, I'm not proud to be on Team Hulu. <laughs> I freaking hate it. But I, I have not had MLB Network. They have sports, though. I, yeah, their, their sports are live. Sure. Anyways, um. MLB Network is, is not a network I've had for a couple of years, and I, I, I hate that I don't have it because I miss that show actually so much. Uh, it, it, I don't think it's talked about enough that the downfall of ESPN is really the fact that these sports networks that are sports-specific have really taken away taken their market, market share. We especially, like I know like Taylor is like, dude, Taylor could talk about this till the sun comes up, so we won't get too deep into it. But, like, I mean, that's a major point, like, these sports networks have taken a lot away from ESPN and that is why ESPN is hurting and not so much because of what certain people in Nashville might think they are. Um, anyways, um, my Maryland person of the week here, uh, I have to absolutely give it to this person. Uh, Charlie Woods, 11 year old stud golfer. I mean, did you think I was going to go with anybody else? I don't know. Uh, but it has to be discussed. <laughs> he, I mean, his swing is, is we we've seen a swing through little pockets, little like people recording videos through the trees at, at his youth events, which is a little creepy, but this was put on full display with no holdback like this. I mean, this was to some degree, like a, a carefully prepared concocted event by the woods clan. Like they, they knew what they were getting into with Charlie woods out there on the stage and let me tell you charlie wood's swing is fucking gorgeous it's like this is gonna be a hot take and i'm gonna say it charlie wood's swing is better than tiger wood's swing is right now it is better than it ever was right now now a swing does not make a golfer all right but that swing is sweeter it's a better swing than Tiger's ever was. Charlie Woods swing. How much whiskey are you drinking over there? Uh, it's I've had a little, I've, you know, I've had a few. I've had I've had more than one. I'll say that multiple whiskeys. But this is a, this is a thought that I had over the weekend. I mean, maybe there was some whiskey involved there too. But whatever, it's not important. Charlie Woods swing is basically Rory McIlroy's swing. That is what I see when I see Charlie Charlie Woods swing the golf club. I see Rory McIlroy. Obviously, you see all the mannerisms that look like Tiger, and that's where all the content is. That's where people are going crazy. People are going nuts. It's, uh, you know, like seriously, like PGA Thor, like putting together, concocting like a two and a half minute clip of them doing the same exact thing at the same exact time. It's like, it's so eerie. It's so freaking weird in all the right ways. Um, But that is a Roy McElroy swing through and through. It's freaking gorgeous. And he's 11 years old and Ellen Nordgren is five eleven. Tiger Woods. Ellen. Ellen. Elon. Elon, Elon? Right? I thought Elon. it was Elon. Believe it's Elon. What did I say? I said, Ellen. What did I say? So Ellen. Ellen, like, like Ellen DeGeneres. Is that what I said? That is yeah. what you said. Is that right? 
No, I think it's Elon. It might be it's Elon. I don't really care. Elon. Whatever. She's she's five eleven. <laughs> she's five eleven. Tiger is six foot one. Charlie's gonna be six five, six six, which you know, you don't see many golfers that size because when you're that you're that long and you're that tall, that's that's a lot of long limbs moving a lot of directions. But that swing is already too good for I don't think that I don't think that growth spurt's gonna mess with him. And he's gonna be he's gonna be large. He's gonna be like like I said, six four, six five. He's gonna pack a shit ton of power into that swing, and he's gonna be a force to be reckoned with. I it, like I know that everyone's like. Doing the whole like he's eleven years old. Everybody relax. Everybody chill out. The swing is too good, man. It's Roy McIlroy's swing. It's freaking. It's freaking money. Did we know that Elon was with Tiger Woods' girlfriend at the event? Yeah, that I, okay, I, I, I didn't know point. that. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, I, mean, did. I, just, I missed that, but yeah, I, I, good for her. Yeah, no, it's it's you can tell by the way that. I mean, I guess you don't know that for sure, but like you, you would sense from the way that Tiger's relationship is with his kids that, that it's a very, uh, I don't know, a healthy co-parenting relationship. You know? I did not know that she had a baby with Jordan Cameron last fall. Yep. Yeah. All, it all, it all comes back around. Yeah. It's, that's, Wait, that's full circle. Yeah. Wait, what? In a different people. Not Jordan Cameron. Elin Nordegren, Nordegren, last name, right? Sure, correct. She had a baby with Jordan Cameron last fall. NFL, former NFL player, drafted yeah, in the same NFL draft tight end. as – Played for the Bengals. Yeah, and the Dolphins. He drafted in the same draft as Cameron Jordan because that was a big thing like Kenny Mayne did a thing on that. Like, yeah, <laughs> Jordan Cameron, Cameron Jordan. <laughs> but Charlie Woods, uh, a good pick. Stud. Marty, your first ever submission to the Maryland person of the week is – I can't remember. And I, I think with my first ever, um, my my first ever pick, I got to pander to uh, those folks in the state of Maryland and pick Dante Scott as my uh, my first ever pick. Um, we we talked about this a little before we went on air, but his his dunk um, on LaSalle. I know it was LaSalle, but either way. Uh, if there were fans in that building and, and Taylor can attest because he was in the building, um, I don't know if Xfinity Center would still be on this planet. Uh, <laughs> it was a, a number one uh, sports center top 10. Um, got, got a ton of praise last night. And, and I think it, it deserves the shout out um, because without fans, it doesn't get the, the recognition it deserves. Yeah, it would have been, as you said, it would have been absolutely insane and that was a disgusting play um that everyone in the building kind of popped up for kind of popped off for excuse me but as marty said there's no one in the building it's like me and (laughs) 75 other people so it's like kind of weird um and it definitely lost something because there was no crowd but what a play guys reacted crazily um i can't remember marty i was trying to like rack my brain when you and i have sat these games together for a long time on a play that like would have brought the house down like that. I think the two that came to mind were both where, I mean, obviously game winning shots are kind of out of this equation, but something that wasn't a game winning shot, uh, the mellow Trimble crossover against Michigan state, um, his freshman year at halftime on Tum Tum Naren, I think 
brought that place to its knees yeah. in a way that like things that aren't game-winning shots don't normally bring a place to its knees. I mean, we've had good Bruno dunks. We've had good sticks. Yeah, I was, I was going to say. But much- that crossover was gross. And that's sort of the thing that I think would have been comparable had Dante done that in a sold-out gym and against a good team. Yeah, and, and I no no disrespect to, to LaSalle. I, I think um, it, it gets a little um, – lost in the sense that it, it wasn't a conference game it, it wasn't a high profile top 25 matchup but either way everyone on that court is an athlete and and for someone to do that to another athlete it, it deserves all the praise um but yeah i think looking back on, on games that we've just just felt the floor shake i think bruno dunks just period it doesn't matter the score. I think anytime Bruno threw it down and, and kind of pandered to the crowd a little bit, the place erupted. But yeah, that that mellow crossover, poof, that that's a, a really good uh really good shout from you, Taylor. That was that was what I was thinking about as I was sitting there in the arena after. Um trying it, to think of things that were sort of like that. I had two I plays that, that came Georgetown to mind. Game. Yeah, Georgetown game just in general was oh my lord. Oh. I had two that came to mind. One was, and one wasn't at home, but the sticks dunk against who was it? Who did they play? Buck was it? Bucknell. Bucknell, uh, yeah. That first like, round. Yeah, the, with the last what ninety seconds or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That dunk, and then I mean the one that I just I I I probably picture this dunk maybe once every other week, every week and a half is Jordan Williams, um, Duke Gold Rush senior night. Buddy, buddy, I was on the wall that night. Buddy, I like was that's... all up in it. Like, seriously, I want to. It was like a, it was like the end of an eight zero or ten two run or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, we we were in Comcast Arena for like hours on end waiting for that game and just sneaking sneaking booze in and like trying to figure out a way to just like keep the buzz alive. And the Terps came out roaring that night. I mean, that was probably the best night of my life. I'm not even kidding. Like, I think that I had more Jordan fun. One. That was like peak college night of my life between that dunk and uh, and and it being Grievous senior night and Grievous hitting the runner. I mean, the runner is like so it's iconic. It's like it's one of those burned in my brain memories that I have. The the dunk it was right on Shire. We all had Shire faces going. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> so good. I have a signed uh, a signed Grievous picture from that like that shot in my basement. Jordan Williams, pride of Torrington, Connecticut. Torrington, Connecticut. Is he, is he still selling weed? Yeah, somewhere? is he in the Torrington, yeah. Connecticut jail at he, this point? Um, uh, according to my aunt, he has been cited working at a grocery store in Torrington. Yeah, we, yeah. Cited. I think he had. I mean, he he has had a an up and down. That's unfortunate. <laughs> Former yeah. New Jersey yeah. It really yeah. is it's unfortunate. A lot of talent. Not I sure. think he's a listener. He left too early. Yeah, he's part of that crew. And he led uh, the nation in double doubles. He did. He was great. Freshman All American. Um, 30-30, yeah. That <laughs> seems more like a um oh uh, man, what was that Fox Sports Net show? Uh Beyond the Glory. It seems like more of a Beyond the Glory <laughs> type of type Dark of thing. Side of the ring. Dark side of the ring. Dark side of the court. <laughs> my um uh, my um answer to this is one that could have won last week but we gave it to the darts i gave it to the darts last week um, darts are deserving yeah, darts really are so diver- deserving really, 
which really could win this every week. Uh, so I will give it to my other great love that's on TV right now, and that is The Challenge, which it's great to have Marty on. Marty also watches The Challenge. Um, the Challenge is going to continue to potentially delay this show's taping every week. So we will give a <laughs> we will give a shout-out to it. Uh, tonight, it is a reality show on MTV, for those that don't know, that has gone on for a long time. This is its, like, 36th season. Um, and it brings on, a, it brings on a cadre of people from originally the real world and now all the different um, reality shows in the Viacom family kind of feed into it. Uh, Big Brother and Survivor and all those different things. Uh, me and Marty are in a Survivor Fantasy League with some people from work and my roommate. Yeah. So we very much enjoy the show. Is the uh, Road so Rules my... still involved? I don't uh, know. Road Rules hasn't been Road Rules left. That's when I, I used to watch the challenge when we had Vanessa. That's my joke is like, yeah, I remember Road Rules. I'm not, I'm not into the new ones if I, you know, I would puck all those all those old school people but uh i know now I know, it's a I know it's now it's essentially now. like th- those shows aren't even in the same stratosphere of what was happening like the yeah, first may not even be alive anymore I'm this not is sure like <laughs> alive. this is like a physical challenge like the it, like tj lavin is like driving in on tanks and helicopters and it, oh, it's essentially God. it's an unbelievable i mean it's an unbelievable program. The, the mental that war seems so that contrived goes- Oh no! It's the thing is, it's so good though. It's not. It's TJ Lavin is. I will. You want to hear a hot take? I think he's the best host in TV. He's yeah. great. He, I think he's, he's the best. He's I think awesome. he does his job better. Drew Carey, dude. Drew Chris Carey. Harris, Chris Harrison's up there too. That guy is fantastic. You were wait. You were waiting for our man uh, Trebek to die, huh? Whoa! Whoa. Whoa. Oh, jeez, no. no! I wasn't waiting for him to die. God, no, I think you're uh, waiting to die. Uh, you know, but I no, I love Trebek. I love, I love, I love Sajak. We talked about Sajak last week a little bit. Um, he's yeah, I, I didn't want to say anything. Johnny being like, or Johnny, Pat Sajak, the best like game show host ever. I was like, dude, Trebek's body's still warm. Like, yeah, it wasn't just that, but it was also like he's had a couple episodes recently, and then I also like threw it on like. What are you, a big wheel guy? And he didn't really, <laughs> yeah. he didn't really say like, yeah. Am I, am I lost here? Sorry if I'm, uh, I'm off base here. But does Pat Sajak do TV other than the wheel? No, I like so. He does. So not. then, they're what doing is celebrity wheel? They're doing for? celebrity wheel. Ah, whatever. We won't. Think get he just make game show host. Yeah, he, he said talk show and like stuff. And I was like, wait, does he do other things? Like, is he like Maury and yeah, he also does the wheel? His- I don't think he's doing anything syndicated. Besides Dude, Pat Sajak is a legend. A lot of he's a freaking Why legend. He? Yeah, he doesn't need to. He's a fucking um, legend. Taylor, yeah. I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat for for who you're picking from the challenge. Oh, you want me to actually pick someone from the? Season? Oh, I thought you were going to. Oh no, I gave it to the whole show. But oh. if I had if I had to pick if I had to pick somebody from this now if I had to pick somebody from any season, be bananas. Who is the goat? hundred percent. Yeah, but from this specific season, uh, I will give a shout out to. Um, a favorite of this house that I live in, 105 West Austin, my roommate Anthony. And it has to be give an extra address. Has to be Wes. Yeah, people can come. Would it come out? Come over. <laughs> um, okay. Wes would be my would be my person. Would be my person. Not the best night for Wes. Not the best night for Wes. We won't spoil anything, but not the best night for Wes. Not the best night for us. Any um, honorable mentions? Yeah, I'll take an honorable mention here. Um, holy. Sh- Crap, I just had it written down. Um, want me to jump in? Yeah, jump in, please. Um, my honorable mention for Nick Caner medley, um, place of the week is uh, strip clubs. Big week for strip clubs. Yeah, oh, sure. um, big week for strip clubs. Sure. It doesn't matter if you are a kid home from 
just going home for the holidays and going home to your, your hometown one. Um, you could be the point guard of a, the Houston basketball franchise um, or the Washington football team. You're probably at a strip club right now. And it, it's just been a big, not even a week, just the last couple of days. I mean, James Harden, Dwayne Haskins, former Terp commit, not Terp, but Terp commit. Um, just, just fancy in strip clubs in the middle of a pandemic when you're, Coach is fighting cancer and, and just finished chemo and, you know, just some, some interesting stories coming out the last couple of days. So it was, it was strip Saucy. clubs and Morgan Cox for having another kid. So <laughs> why'd you have to, like you throwing that in so closely to that? It's hilarious. Yeah. Seriously. Congratulations to Morgan Cox. Um, when I, when I dropped a football off for to, to get signed for the be more, you know, be there for be more campaign. He was like, yeah, man, like, yeah, the whole COVID thing. Cause they had that, you know, Co- Morgan was one of the people on the, on the list during the whole sealer saga. And he was just like, yeah, man, we all got through that. Like that, you know, and which was a little scary because, uh, you know, my wife was pregnant and, uh, we've kind of kept that to ourselves and, uh, we've come through the other side of that and everything is a okay. Like all the signs are like perfect. And like, Honestly, that was like, I didn't give a shit, like, to be fair, like he, he was just like football. Yeah. We'll figure that out. My, you know, my family situation, that is, you know, it's terrifying. And he was, he was extremely thankful that it, they, they came through that on the other side. And so they they were at a point now where they announced it this week. And so congratulations to them and, um, you know, great health to them moving forward with that situation. Um, anyways, my uh, honorable mention, at least, is going to be Von Bell. Uh, shout out to him for doing a job there. Uh, I think everybody in uh, not just the AFC North, but the entire NFL uh, was looking for somebody to do a job with. Uh, listen, Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't give a shit that he's dancing on logos. I don't know that anybody with a rational brain really gives a, gives one care about him dancing on actual logos. It's just that he's a complete jabroni in general. He's just an idiot, and he plays for an idiot football team, and somebody needed to knock him off his block, and that's exactly what happened. The Steelers have been getting what's been coming to them, and I'm so frustrated for the Ravens that they were not healthy enough to, to do the job themselves uh, a few weeks ago. And um, Von Bell kind of kind of shook things up here. I mean, <laughs> Juju coming out today and doing a press conference just to announce that he's not going to dance on logos anymore is straight up ridiculous. Like he announced it like it was outrageous. a statement. It was outrageous. I love the fact that he came out and had to give a statement like that because like it was as if he had meetings, like multiple meetings, like we had some meetings with front office. We had some meetings with with the uh, behind closed doors, players only. We came to conclusion: Juju will not be dancing on logos anymore. <laughs> it's like, what are we talking about? The fact that he he just like made a brand out of just like dancing on uh, another team's logo pregame, and then it became this whole snowball thing that was such a distraction that he had to feel the need to announce that he was going to stop doing it is hilarious to me. It's so stupid and funny and hilarious. And it's the whole TikTok thing. And, and honestly, like the week before, when, before this past uh, loss, when Von Bell knocked his brains into oblivion, his, his 
his rebuttal to him dancing on the logo was, you know what? I'm not going to stop being me as if dancing on a, dancing on a logo is a personality trait. Like, what are we talking about? Like it's the brand. He could, he could not be Juju unless the logo was what he danced on. Like, this is like a hindsight, uh, me going after somebody, but like, what are you talking about? <laughs> he was acting like he could not possibly express himself unless it was him dancing on a logo. So wild scene. It's, it's ridiculous from all standpoints. Like I seriously, like I started with this entire thing off with like, I don't give a shit who dances where I really don't, but a lot of people do. And it became this whole media scene. And the fact that he let it build to this, cause he just felt like he needed to dance on a logo is so fucking stupid. And then he did it and he got his block knocked off on a big fumble and a big, big embarrassing loss massively embarrassing loss on Monday Night Football is hilarious to me. I'm laughed. I'm laughing my way all the way to the bank at the moment, but at the same time, like we need those guys to perform this week. So good luck to the Steelers on Sunday. There you go. There you go. Hopefully Juju can get his mojo back. My brief honorable mention is uh, Darts gets another honorable mention. Uh, the world championship continues. Shout out to our man, USA's Danny Baggish, who upset the two-time world champion, Adrian Lewis, after hearing is that his uh, brother had a stroke. So that was a very emotional scene. Uh, and if you continue to follow me on Twitter, uh, you can get the pertinent darts updates for all of the casual fans. I love, uh, so I love, maybe the, I may be the only person doing it. I love uh, getting on Twitter and seeing a darts video and being like, who tweeted? Oh, Taylor tweeted that. Okay. <laughs> I saw the, you, press you, the press conference was, was something. Cause again, I know he was very emotional, but so that, that was, that was. So America will have a garden <laughs> throwing after Christmas at the world championships was not happening. Marty happened or not Marty dude. Taylor's watching the shit out of darts and we're actually low key behind the scenes watching a ton of darts. And it's actually, I've actually fought off the urge to just tweet about darts a lot more. I don't want to take it away from Taylor. I mean, that's his niche. It's his thing. Tweet about it. Tweet about it at all costs. At all costs. And and with that, as we head towards, uh, as we tape this and head towards 15 minutes before Christmas Eve, I think it's time to bring the pod to a close. Uh, thanks to Justin Tucker for coming on. Marty, thank you for you for coming on. You made a brief cameo appearance in our interview last week with Johnny, but this is your official uh, pod debut. You will certainly be back. We have many things we could talk to you about. Um, including your long career in sports, and we will for sure do that. So uh, any last words about the Giants this weekend? Uh, Godspeed. (laughs) (laughs) That is a great way to put it right there. Follow all of the guys on social media. You can follow – I'll start with you, Eric. You can follow RDT at E-D-I-T-T-I-22. You can follow Banks at Barstool Banks, and you can follow our man Marty at Marty McFly 34, which has always been one of my favorite Twitter handles of anybody Fantastic. that I know personally um, since I started following you back in the day. You can follow me at Taylor Smythe 10. You can follow the pod at Exit 52 Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to keep sending your receipts. We are going to keep handing things out. RDT is sticking the finger up like he's got something to say about be there for be more or something else. He's 13 minutes less than it in uh, Festivus. 13 minutes left of Festivus. Yeah. Here are the grievances, baby. Get the, get the pole out of the yeah, cross. He, well, he's got, I think he's got grievances built up. No, no, I don't have any. I just thought it was, it was, I thought it was important to, to talk, to acknowledge, acknowledge. Thank you. See, acknowledge the first <laughs> Festivus without Frank Costanza. Sure. Just thought it was, it was, and again, 
it's the Festivus for the rest of us. Festivus for the rest of us. And I yeah. hope everyone got their grievances in today on Twitter, which is the universal world of grievances. So that was really the, that was really the proper place. To Very true. Yeah, pour one out for Frank Costanza. That's seriously. Uh, that's a man we should we should always be honoring. Um, and when you pour that out, you can go get some food and then send us some receipts for the be more for the be there for be more campaign. Uh, we're continuing to give stuff out, and we got way more stuff to give out. So keep sending your receipts. Tip that twenty five percent or more. We got listeners helping listeners. We got RDT filming his computer, doing number randomizers. It's an absolutely electric campaign. So make sure. I'm considering tomorrow, Christmas Eve, like I'm going to be working from home instead of from the office. I'm going to be a little more freelance. I'm going to be, I think we may, we, we might just give away a lot of shit. Like, I think we might just roll down a list because we have a lot of shit to give away. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm debating it. Maybe we just, we just get it rolling a little bit. We got, Way more you shit to give than uh, you're the pod, even though, yeah. If you're the if you're the pod in the morning, get your lunch stuff in, send those receipts in, maybe some afternoon giveaways from, from Banksy. Maybe Banksy will be on Christmas Eve with his old man, handing some things out using number randomizers. We don't know. The the, the choice anything could happen to get a receipt in and try to and try to win cool stuff. Anything could certainly happen. Uh, Merry Christmas to all of our listeners, happy holidays. To all of our listeners, we appreciate all the support as we head into our first holiday season as a podcast, and we can't wait to pop back for the instant analysis on Sunday and then into the new year, 2021, going to be a big year for the XF52 podcast. We appreciate all your support, and we will see you after the Ravens game on Sunday. Um, hopefully, honestly, sorry, with a sad Marty and a happy Neon Banks after a Ravens win. We'll see you next time.